Hi, I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is Catherine Nikolai. She's host of the popular podcast series, Nothing Much Happens, and she provides an indispensable toolkit for relaxing our body and our mind to help fall asleep, which is everything to us right now, especially me. I have trouble sleeping. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. What made you decide to write this book? Well, I've been telling these bedtime stories through my podcast for the last couple of years, and I'd always originally hoped that it would be a book. I thought it should be this beautiful, illustrated, feels good in your hand kind of storybook that we used to have when we were kids, and why shouldn't we have it as an adult? Sure. And then also, you know, I was hearing from listeners who said, I'd love to use your content without having my cell phone by my head. Yes. And that's a real issue for so many of us. So, um, so I thought, yeah, it's time. Let's make it a book. There is so much anxiety and stress right now amplified. I mean, we were in a mental health health pandemic before, but now it's just increased tremendously. And I know, for instance, you know, I'm always saying to my daughters, don't stay on your phone late at night, you know, turn it off. And it's hard. It's hard for adults. It is. And the algorithms are built to outsmart us. So, you know, I hear people a lot of times sort of really down on themselves for not being able to put things down. And first I want to say, don't double down by then (laughs) shaming yourself. Um, We are being manipulated absolutely by algorithms that are smarter and designed to, you know, push us to do things that don't serve us. Um, That doesn't mean that we can't start to wrest some of that control back. It's going to take building some boundaries and routines into your life, but you absolutely can regain the space that you deserve to have around your bedroom. I feel like if we don't fight for these things, um, in five minutes, there's going to be screens on our toothbrushes. Like it's just going to be like, I know. and you know, when I've gone into a hotel room in New York and I see a, a TV in a bathroom, I'm thinking, really? I, I don't see the, using them. <laughs> You know, it's, it's excessive. And, um, and I think that's one of the reasons I wanted people to have a real old school paper book to put in their hands. I agree. And right now with things amplified so much, you know, as I had mentioned before we started for some reason, like last night, I woke up at two 30 in the morning, I was up for an hour, nothing specific, but just sometimes I just get that insomnia and I have to, it takes me an hour to kind of calm down. I do talk about, yeah, I do some training for this, both through the podcast and the book. So on the neuroscience level, like what's going on in that moment, especially when you wake up in the middle of your night of the night is that your brain slips into this automatic processing mode. It's sort of running on background programming. Mm -hmm. And it's basically what your brain does when it's not doing anything else. And that programming tends to be circular thought, rumination, worry, um, you know, forecasting that kind of stuff, none of which is conducive to falling back to sleep. But the good news is that in order to shift out of that automatic programming, programming, you, you really only have to give your brain a job to do. It actually wants a job to do, and you need to task it with something. So just sort of like we used to be told when we were kids, the task of doing something like counting sheep would have been the same idea. It shifts you out of the worry zone, the circular thought into a place where you're being constructive. And so the book kind of walks you through how to do that, both when you're reading or when you're listening 
Or also when you wake up in the middle of the night, you don't need to turn your light on. You don't need to pick the book back up, but you do need to take yourself through the details of the story. Rethink your way through whatever you can remember, because that's what shifts you into that task mode. And that will let you go back to sleep. I've actually talked myself back to sleep where I'm saying to myself, it's fine. It's fine. Let it go. It's just let it go. Just, you know, I mean, and it worked. Yeah. It doesn't always work, but yeah. <laughs> what about falling asleep? Similar situation, you know, but I think we need to do some, some things that are real obvious. Obviously, if you're laying in bed scrolling for two hours, this is not conducive to you falling asleep. And you know, there's definitely the school of thought that says there should be no screens in the bedroom. And that would be lovely if that could be true for all of us. But sometimes that's just not actually possible. Sometimes you have a kid somewhere and they might call you and you might need to get that phone call or, or your parents are older and they, you need to have your, you know, and so I think it's an unrealistic expectation to go just everybody, no screens. If you can do that, that's great. But I think it is reasonable to say there have to be some boundaries here. Um, I, my phone's set up to be automatically on do not disturb mode at a certain point, And the only people who can get through it are, you know, immediate family. If they call me, it'll ring, but I don't need to worry about it otherwise. So I can actually put it screen down in a drawer and a drawer that maybe I can't reach from the side of my bed. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah. So it actually, I have to be intentional, intentional about getting it. It's not because sometimes it's accidental. You're suddenly have your phone in your hand and you didn't mean to. So I think building a little bit of a step in between is really useful. And then having some routine around bedtime that you find pleasurable and soothing. Um, Obviously I think a bedtime story is the perfect way to do that, but there's different ways and whatever works for you is good. I know. I find that if I'm working on something that I I'm a little too worked up when I try to go to bed. Whereas if I play guitar before I go to bed, then I'm just thinking about the music and I'm, I'm feeling this boost of positivity and then I can go to sleep. Such a lovely uh, routine before bed. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, as a creative person, sometimes I like to write a little bit um, like to journal or color or do something like that. That's just sort of relaxing and soothing. I also do something that um, when I feel like I've just got too much to hold, I'll do like a five minute download where I'll actually set a timer, put my pen on my paper and I just write whatever comes across my brain. It doesn't yeah. have to make sense. I don't have to look at it later. I'm just downloading it. And then once I've downloaded, then I can upload something better, you know, like a story or something that puts me in a good frame of mind. Do you suggest that for people that wake up in the middle of the night with anxiety, just have a, like a little pad of paper and just write it down and then flip it off? Flip it off yeah, and- I think that can be really useful. You know, I think that feeling of, I don't have to carry this because it's over there. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to do that a lot and recommend that my yoga studio students do that. When I go to practice, I'll sit in my car for five minutes. And sometimes it's things that I actually do need to stay on top of, but I don't need to hold on to it while I'm doing yoga. I can say, remember, send this email later. Okay. It lives here. It doesn't have to live here. Right. How long have you been doing yoga? Uh, I've been practicing since I was 19 and I'm 39 and I've been, so that's 20 years. And, um, I've been teaching for 17 full time. Wow. That's a long time. 
Yeah, it's my whole adult life. And it really, I think, prepared me to be the person to write these stories because the stories lean heavily on the principles of mindfulness, of using the sensory details of like the moment to moment experience to stay grounded and focused and relaxed. So I wanted a way to kind of teach people about meditation without it feeling like a chore. Mm -hmm. You know, I think sometimes we think of meditation kind of like flossing. We're, we know we're supposed to be flossing, but it's uh-huh. <laughs> not super fun. <laughs> so, you know, and sometimes the feeling of, you know, like a formal practice of sitting down for 20 minutes or a half an hour and meditating, it just feels like something that's not going to happen. But mm-hmm. I think you, there's a lot of ways to practice mindfulness and actually storytelling and reading stories is a really good way to do it. Yeah. Now for people feeling very overwhelmed with COVID-19, I know sometimes it's just like, I have to just close the door, maybe lock the door and take a moment to stretch. I don't do it enough. And breathing is something you talk about. Why is that so important? There's this really big connection uh, physiologically, but also just mentally and emotionally between how we breathe and how we feel. I always say that there's a reason that in so many languages all over the world, the word for breath and the word for spirit or soul is the same. Even in English, that SPRI of respiration is the same SPRI of inspiration and spirit and all these other words. So even as we were forming language, we had an instinctive understanding that breathing changes how we feel emotionally and mentally. And then on the physiological level, I think, you know, I, I do a lot of work with the vagus nerve and increasing vagal tone mm-hmm. and the vagus nerve is kind of listening for your breath to send signals to your nervous system to say, is it time to run for it or is it time to rest and digest? So even just taking a couple of deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth, letting out a sigh, starts to send those signals to the vagus nerve. Everything's okay. We can go into restore mode. And since we are probably all of us living on the cusp of a fight or flight response that has like a hair trigger these days, right? that's being triggered so much. It's quite harmful to our immune systems long-term. It's really essential that we take back some of this power. And the good news is it's free and right under your nose. I had a moment, like a deep sigh, because I think there've been a couple of moments past couple weeks, I was so stressed. Um, Isn't that when you stress, you have adrenal fatigue Mm -hmm. and that can make you sick? Yeah, absolutely. You can just burn that adrenal system out and you become exhausted. At some point, the immune system sort of gives up. Uh, If you're in this sort of chronic state of stress where it stops hunting down antigens and it stops, it just stops working well. So, and it's such an important moment to have a strong immune system. So, you know, sometimes this people kind of talk about the work that I do around sleep is kind of silly or funny, but and I'm, I'm glad it feels relaxed to people in that way, but it, it's actually fundamental to human health. If you are not sleeping well, nothing is working right in your system. Oh, I agree. There's a domino effect. Absolutely. It affects not only you, but if you're not feeling your best, it's going to affect your relationships. Absolutely. It affects how you show up for the people in your life. Right. You know, there's always these measurable effects that we can talk about physiologically, but there's also just not being a great listener and not being a good partner or being able to be a good parent or being able to do your work in the way you want to. All of that is tipped by how you're sleeping. Right. 
oh, I can definitely relate to not being a good listener if I'm sleep deprived because it's like you're spacing out and you're just, everything's going like this. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is. You know? It's crazy. What else would you like people to know about your book and your podcast? I want people to know that, especially the book is just a beautiful thing to have in your hands. You know, I've done quite a few interviews already today. And um, one thing that people have been saying to me over and over again is that just picking up the book made them feel calmer. It's designed to feel good in your hands. The colors are sort of muted and dreamy. The illustrations are beautiful. It's exactly what you want to have on your bedside table so that, you know, you can find a place to rest your mind. I want people to know that even if you have a really troubled sleep history, there is, there are ways to change it. I hear from people every day who tell me things like I've been on sleep meds for 10 years and I am not on any meds anymore, or I have had chronic insomnia for most of my life. And I just slept through the night five days in a row. Whoa. Changed my life. And then hearing from people too, who tell me I have PTSD, I have extreme anxiety and panic attacks, Mm -hmm. and I am finding so much benefit by using this method. And it's in some ways a really ancient method. There's a reason wow. story things always around, right? Nice. So when people tell me I used to have night terrors and be afraid to go to sleep at night. And now I look forward to going to bed. That's yes, huge. I want people really to know huge. that there's hope we can change this. Now, the thought of your book coming out during the pandemic, what was that like? Because it's perfect timing. Let's <laughs> it, is. it was a mixed feeling because I the book is coming out in 33 countries and I oh. was supposed to be going on a big world tour. And I was really looking forward to meeting people and traveling and seeing everything. Obviously, none of that can happen right now. Um, But I still feel like the timing is perfect. When we were first putting this book together, we were already saying then, boy, the world needs this so much. And we didn't even know what we were talking about. (laughs) We were babes in the woods. (laughs) And then 2020 happened. And, you know, we talked about um, who's the ideal audience for this book. And I said, am I crazy? If I say everybody, everybody has trouble sleeping at some point or another. Um, so I feel like, um, so grateful to be able to just be some source of comfort and sanctuary to people right now. That's great. And your podcast, you want to just give a little blip of that podcast available anywhere people listen. Um, you know, it's got, uh, six seasons already. So there's lots of stories out there. There are 16 stories that are only in the book. So if you want to be a completist, you really got to get the book, but, um, but this, but the podcast free and available wherever you listen to podcasts, you can always go to nothingmuchhappens.com to learn more. Okay. That was my last question is where to find you. Are you on social media too? I am. So especially, you know, if you are scrolling, if you would like to see something soft and cozy and hear a reminder to take a breath, please follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, just search for nothing much happens and you'll find us. Fantastic. Catherine, I've really enjoyed this and congratulations. Thanks so much. I hope you get a good night's sleep tonight. Thank you.